0: Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our field. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. Boy, do I have a treat for you today. So I have the pleasure of meeting this gentleman you're about to meet at a Mastermind and Amcon conference with Renee Rodriguez, who I also had the pleasure of interviewing. And so today we are talking to Neil Ford. Neil, say hi to everybody.
1: Hey, hello, everybody. And uh, it's, it's really cool to be here with you, Marjorie.
0: Well, this is amazing. So this is, again, how things happen. When you say yes and someone says, you go to this conference and you say yes, and you get on a plane and you get to go learn from masters, and then you realize how fortunate you are to be in front of these people. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Neil. So Neil is like a creative advertising and marketing professional genius. That should just be what you say. You're a genius. You're a ah. storytelling genius, and you have been in this. How long have you been in advertising and marketing and storytelling?
1: I'm startled to discover that I had been in it for 30 years. That's and um, we'll tell you, Marjorie, that when you hang out in the creative circles in the advertising world, you know, even when you're like 55, you're hanging out with 23 year olds who are hip and everything is new. And, you know, in the words of Doug Stanhope, the stand up comedian, you wind up looking in the mirror and going, that can't be Right.
0: I do that every day right it's the we can't see it like you run into people you went to school with and you're like man they got old and you know, <laughs> that's unfortunate yeah. right? only to
1: realize i don't have a hair on my head yeah yeah
0: like, like i still feel like i'm you know 19 and like who gave yeah. but anyway
1: it's a, advertising was such a on career because everybody was so young. That's one of its drawbacks. Unfortunately, you get to 50 and they get, get a bullseye on your back, but everybody's so young that it keeps you young and it makes you interested in things perpetually. You're always interested in new things and you're hearing new slang. And, and so in answer to your question about how long was I in it? Yeah, I was in long enough to pretty much see it all.
0: Okay. You started advertising.
1: <laughs> so I got in just at the, just at the last tale of mad men. You know, just when, when there was still cocaine in the offices.
0: Yes. That's why everyone was so creative. So I never
1: did that, but I'm just saying it was there.
0: Okay. So no, here's the best. So, and because you hang out with the cool kids, you have 377,000 followers on TikTok. That's where the cool kids.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's fun. It's what's nice about that is that it's like, oh, okay. People are interested in this. I'm not a million followers. Like a. Our friend renee rodriguez he's the he's the big dog but you know it's a it's it's reassuring that people like what you're doing
0: and well anyone uh, who's listening you need to so neil ford is f-o-a-r-d so yeah, you... so it's
1: n-e-a-l f-o-a-r-d
0: yes and that's very and, nice uh, You have nice handwriting too thank you you need to look him up not only for his videos but he has a fantastic like you can find him on YouTube, Instagram, his website, and you can watch his videos, which are just phenomenal by the way. And I got to spend some time with you in a conference where you were presenting. And I said, I had to interview you because, so who's listening right now are in general, it can be anyone, a lot of lenders and realtors, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that we are salespeople. We are marketers. That's our job, right? Anyone who says, oh no, I'm not really in sales. Yeah, you are, but you're also marketing, not only. Product, which is the homes you're selling, but yourself, right? That's our job is to make people know who we are and want to work with us, right? And so I think, you know, you talk about in storytelling for business, which I love, right? We have the power to change people's minds, right? Our storytelling and how we do it literally changes the trajectory of our career, which is true.
1: Oh, yeah. It, you know, it's funny when you were saying moments ago that people don't really think of themselves as being in marketing, or but they are. Actually, I should make the distinction between sales and marketing this way. Sales is asking for a date. Marketing is why they say yes. <laughs> and I don't think enough of us walk around conscious of the fact that you are a brand. You are a brand. It used to be called reputation. You know, you had a reputation in high school. Yeah. And that, that was your brand. But we all walk around as professionals, as a brand. And you have to be, here's the thing that a long career in advertising taught me, is if you don't determine what that brand is, they're going to make it up for you. So they're going to tell that your story, if you don't give them what to say, they won't repeat it. And you need to be really clear about the values you stand for, the things that you want to do for people, the stuff you're good at. And you need to be out there in the world make being very sort of conscious and conscientious about the messages that you send. And one last thing before I shut up about it is that. I don't think people recognize how a brand isn't what happens this week. Your brand is going to follow you around for 25 years. And it's going to be the thing that they talk about. You know, the the eulogy they give is your brand. What kind of person were they? What kind of business person were they? Were they trustworthy? Could you trust them? And by the way, the most valuable thing that any brand can advertise, or at least the most valuable thing that people can think of you is I trust them. That was the thing that made Toyota so powerful. You may remember that they had a big recall, uh, a giant uh, international recall on because of unintended acceleration for the Toyota Camry. It turns out the problem was human error, but they didn't. You can't say that to people because they won't accept responsibility. And what Toyota did was they conducted themselves in such a way that you knew that they would make good on this They would protect their customers. It wasn't going to cost them anything. They protected their dealer body. They made sure that the dealers weren't going to take a hit from this. And because they so overcorrected, because they were so responsive and so overwhelmed the problem that people's satisfaction with Toyota was better after the recall than it was before the recall, because everybody acknowledges that people make mistakes, but it's how you conduct yourself and, and whether you own up to it and when you own it. And whether you make, you know, you're a responsible person. My guess is that people that went through that, that uh, recall experience, if they owned a Camry, they'll never buy another kind of car because they know that if I run into trouble, they're good for it. Yeah. You can't say that about every car company. No. And so was it expensive for them? Yes, it certainly was. But values aren't values until they cost you money. And so I've waxed on a long time about that, Marjorie, but oh, I, I think- the,
0: Exactly. And if you think so, one thing you said, so I'm going to keep quoting you to you because you're mm. is that I need to create an irrational preference for me. Right. So if I'm thinking about yeah. this and they have to have like unreasonable loyalty to me. OK. And I yeah. agree. And that's what all of us are like. Yeah. Make that happen, please, Neil. So <laughs> I think, though, I will say one thing I think is how is something I'm absolutely going to ask you. So we're going to get from yeah. that. But I think through a couple of things for us, like one like I joke, but you almost can't like walk, you can't walk down the street without running into a realtor or maybe a lender. There are a lot of us. So I have to cut through the, I'm going to call it noise. of Everyone when they go and they're going to either Google or find a realtor. And I think the flip side of that is I think we tend to focus our marketing is too much on us, right? Mm. So I think like I joke with the realtors when I coach them or speak that like, a lot of it's our I love me walls, I'm going to call them, right? And so you can nice. see behind me, I have no I love me wall. But, you know, it's sort of the plaque that says, you know, I was in the Cubic Center Club and yeah, right. and I'm still the blah, blah, blah. And so I think that's sort of almost got to show you I'm good by this award, but how? So if you're if you're now my my personal guru, which we're going to take you as on this call, like how do I... Cut through this noise. How do I have people have an irrational preference for me? Like, what are things I can do or or things I have to convey for that?
1: Yeah, the the number one thing, the the rule that everybody needs to internalize is nobody cares what you think until they think you care, and this above all, a concern for the person that you are serving. Um, I'll tell you two different. Let's use a medical context. Okay, Okay, so. This happened to Bob Wiesner is, is a brilliant new business generator. This is one of these guys that can, if you are up against three other competitors in a new business pitch, he's going to help you win. And he told me the story of breaking his kneecap. And I don't even know how he did it, but he was at the hospital in the emergency room and they put him on the phone with the resident surgeon who deals with this kind of thing. And the call roughly went like this. Yeah, you broke your kneecap. I looked at your x-rays. You're going to need surgery to get that fixed. It'll probably take about six weeks for it to knit back to you know where you can be walking around. Now, I am the local resident surgeon, and luckily I have a, an opening for you. So I could fit you in next week, as early as next week. Okay. It's uh, nice and you know quick. But uh, Bob found that slightly off-putting, a little bit sort of not the greatest bedside manner. So he started looking around. And he went to a a woman surgeon to get another opinion about his patella. And this is what she said. She goes, oh, have you been playing lacrosse? Bob, I think you split this all the way through. Now, look, that that's painful, right? That's going to cause you a lot of pain. So here's some people who have a real aversion to uh, surgery, have let this knit together on its own. And unfortunately, even even multiple decades later they never really went to zero on the pain scale and what's more i've watched a lot of them then develop arthritis so i'd like to recommend surgery now as it happens you know, I've done a lot of these. And so while it's not a simple surgery, I can tell you that the people that I've done it for, they they've reported that they're pretty much good as new. And when they do get surgery, generally what happens is in about six weeks, you'd probably be walking around with a cane. But, you know, inside of eight weeks, I can see you chasing your grandkids around the living room. So there you go. Okay. So Bob says it was just absolutely the difference between night and day. He had absolute faith that her primary focus was on making sure that when he emerged from all this he'd be pain free he was going to get a good surgery from somebody who had a good set su- who understood now what was the orientation of those two doctors and why did he so favor the second yeah. because the orientation of the first was i can squeeze you in next week he wasn't there was no description about what happens if i don't or you know no real appreciation for the pain i was probably experiencing no
0: empathy
1: right whereas the second doctor it's interesting how she starts oh are you playing lacrosse <laughs> in other words without without saying this is a serious injury she's saying i understand this is a serious injury bob uh, she has a kind of sense of humor about it that's very attractive and it's it's warm and it makes you feel like they understand she's saying that that's pre- pretty painful huh okay you know that she knows what you're going through then She says, um, you know, I've seen people who decide not to get surgery and they never quite went to zero pain. And what's more, I've seen them develop arthritis. So what she's doing is she's painting a picture of, I I think you're going to need surgery for this, but let me just tell you what happens if you don't. Okay. Essentially, she's telling a story. She's saying one story goes like this. You know, it's very painful. And if you don't treat it, you're never going to escape that pain. And what's more, it'll probably get worse the older you get. The other story is, I've done a lot of these, and it's not a simple surgery, but the people that have had my surgery, they pretty much tell me they're good as new. And the epilogue is, I want you to imagine yourself in just two months chasing your grandkids around the living room. It's visual, it's empathetic, it offers two different endings and epilogues. Essentially, she was storytelling, and it it made her have... I, I don't know what the qualities of that first doctor were, and I don't know where the second went to school. What I know is I have an irrational preference for the second immediately. Loyalty beyond reason. I haven't really looked into their backgrounds. I'm not, I don't have to. This woman clearly gets it. Um, I had a similar experience with a surgeon who was trying to make sure that I knew she wasn't recommending that I get back surgery, but and she tried everything before we got to that stage. Her empathy in saying, I'm not going to recommend this, but I will tell you that I'm looking at your x-rays. Brother, those discs are not yeah. not good. How does that compare to, say, a realtor or a mortgage broker or somebody in mortgage banking? It's that the story is not about you. The story is about the frustration, the pain, the not knowing what's going to happen, the complicatedness of all of this. What happens if I don't use you? Um, yeah. you, you need, you know, I used to have this experience with car dealers. Car dealers are a really, really good example of some of them are just brilliant and some of them are only in it for themselves. And the ones that are brilliant about it and really care about you, they make millions, millions because people come out of the woodwork to go to somebody that's their friend in the car business. Well, you know, buying a house is the biggest purchase. It's incredibly intimidating. It's hugely frightening Am I in good hands here? You need somebody to communicate as their brand that they care about you, that your happiness is going to be their success. And what's more, you're hoping for somebody who's been in the game a while so that you can talk to other people and they'll tell you, oh, yeah, Marjorie's great. I had a real estate agent like that. Judy Wolkovich. Oh, she was so wonderful because she really, really cared. You know, everything about her was very motherly. You know, she was (laughs) going to take care of you. And
0: I think that's something we can pay attention to that. Okay. If we are going to, you know, really be out there, it isn't just about us, right? Yeah.
1: Can I get make you speak? Yeah. Yeah. And in order to reinforce that brand, you don't, I wouldn't say, I don't think that there's much served in saying we're the number one, blah, 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 you know, (laughs) and then, and you've got all of the trophies in the background. What those trophies tell me is you've sheared a lot of sheep, but the trophy I'm interested in. Is the testimonial that says, I had this experience where I was really spooked and I wasn't absolutely sure that I was going to get into the exact right house. You can buy too much house and, and, um, you want somebody who's, when they are out there in the world spreading their messages, what it's, was it, what is it about? I'll tell you what it's about. It's about what it's like to buy a house and what it's like to finance a house and some of the things that can go wrong, some of the things I can reassure you about. And let me talk today about knowing what it's like and trying to reassure you that because I know it's like, I want to make sure you get protected from there's, there's nothing more scary than not knowing something than being ignorant of, you know, it's what I don't know that I don't know that really scares me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot, right? Because I think there's there's a lot in anything, right? can be whatever. I mean, I think that's, that's the interesting, I believe in a professional in many things, because while I know, I feel like we all know enough to be dangerous about fill in the blank, right? I know right, it's really right. dangerous about this and well, then, wow, that could go really badly.
1: People often, men especially overestimate their talent for stuff. So I'll give you a great example. If you asked a group of a hundred men, okay, if this airliner, if the pilot suddenly had a heart attack, do you think you could fly this thing? And I think, The statistic is something like 33% of the men say, I could absolutely fly it. (laughs) They have no training. Now Here's another one. Here's another one, Marjorie, where you really truly know what kind of man you're dealing with. They asked a hundred men, if you had to fight a grizzly bear hand to hand, could you, could you survive it? Like, you know, because you were managed to fight this grizzly bear. Do you know that 6% of men said yes?
0: Of course. I would have guessed higher. I thought you were going to give me a higher number.
1: Well, I'm just, Dude, seriously? Yeah. 6% of you think you could fight a grizzly bear. Oh, my God. Okay. So what that tells you is that people think they know more than they do. They, you know, they, and so what I'm getting at is when it comes to branding, is that for your, for your purposes out there, I think being helpful in your messaging sends a signal, this is a helpful person. In yeah. other words, I'm not going to talk about me, so it's not about me. Because you better be scared of somebody who it's all about them because they want to flip you, baby. They're they're it's churn and burn with them. I don't know if they're gonna take care of me. I don't know if they're listening to me. Because when somebody's a real performer, one of two things probably is happening. Either they're amazing and they really are great with people, or they are incredibly persuasive and they are just doing it on numbers. So how could they when when you talk to somebody like that? Yeah. Immediately. They are not listening. They're looking for a type and they're just going to put you in a little box and they're going to go, that's a type three. Let me, you know, I can tell already what I'm dealing with. You want somebody who's listening and you know, that's, that's a very reassuring quality. And that's part of your brand. Are you a good listener? Because if you are a good listener and you are there in the moment that people find that very reassuring. And there are all kinds of ways that you can prove you're listening. You can repeat things back to people, or you can say, I'm not 100% sure I heard you right. Let me spit that back at you. You tell me if I'm getting this right. Is that what you're saying? Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson was going in for jury duty and the, um, they were doing jury selection where they were asking people for their attitudes about things. And the attorney asked Neil deGrasse Tyson, he said, uh, how would you feel about having only one eyewitness as the basis of your verdict? And Neil deGrasse Tyson said, I would be very nervous about um, passing a verdict on somebody, knowing how people are about um, eyewitness testimony. Like they don't often see the same things or hear the same things. So it would give me some, give me a great deal of caution. The judge then said, Would you be okay convicting someone if you had two eyewitnesses? And Tyson, before he can even speak, the guy sitting in front of him in the jury section goes, your honor, that's not what he said. And Tyson said, I had to fight the urge to say, your honor, you are proving the very thing yeah, I'm talking
0: about. Exactly. Yeah.
1: The power of a good listener is that when you are re- when your body language is very intent on that person, and you are making sure you're getting it right. It isn't just that they know that you're a good listener is that you are, in fact, internalizing all of the things that they need, the subsonic messages they're sounding, the confusions and contradictions that they're operating under. And you're going to be a lot more helpful. And um by the way, I had the good fortune to have met Tim Tebow in person. I spent a lot of time with him because we did some ads with him when I was at Tivo. You can you can imagine why the CEO yeah. was so hot to hire Tim Tebow. Oh yes. Tim Tebow, Tivo, Tivo. Okay, right. Exactly. And I, I was in my head the whole time i was very anti the idea because it wasn't based on some product strength okay oh and then only to meet tim tebow in person and go okay i get it now i know why everybody loves this cat his number one quality besides being an adonis and handsome and sweet natured was that when you were speaking to him you were the only person in that room it was a really strong signal i'm listening no please go ahead don't pay attention to them I know somebody's trying to interrupt us. I'm paying attention to you. That quality of his was incredibly charismatic. And it's one I don't think we practice enough.
0: No, because I think so much is thrown out. Right. You're in a room and you can see, oh, there's someone over here. And really in five minutes, I'm supposed to be here. And so you're already thinking about how, oh, he said that I'm going to, here's how I answer that. Like, I just don't think we're fully listening. We're planning our next move, whatever that looks like.
1: And I don't think people are aware of the the small things that can trigger a an emotional response that is not positive. I'll like, give you a good example. So you and I were at that ampcon, and I was speaking to this woman, and we were deep into a conversation. And one of the people that Renee later had come up and talk to us, okay, just bur- butted right in and started talking to this woman right on top of me. And this is my reaction, Marjorie. I hate you <laughs> with a magnesium hot, Ooh, that's hot fire of loathing, dude. It is now my personal project to fuck you up.
0: So you're murdering that person.
1: <laughs> I have never met you before. Yeah, but I am now on a mission. I am going to be waiting for the opportunity. Excuse me for swearing, but that was what I was feeling in that moment.
0: And that's strong, right? And we we don't realize because. To him, he probably, you know, he was not well. He was not it, w- paying attention.
1: If the woman had had any courtesy at all, she would have said, "Excuse me, we were just yeah. talking." He'll be
0: right with you. Hang right?
1: on, exactly. But in any case, it really struck me as how unbelievably tone deaf that was, and I thought, "Wow, here is a really good example of you do not know the damage you are doing when you are in there thinking about yourself and not being conscious of others, but when you are conscious of others, you are you are." You're becoming the person that they want to help for reasons they don't understand. You're I'm having just, the opposite it's reaction.
0: It's what we want, right? So we all want, it's I mean, that's want. the thing we all want to attract people. So, one thing you also talk about that I love is, you know, we need to find our unique. So, we are a brand, we know this, and, and, yeah. and, and but we have to find our unique true voice.
1: Yeah, I yep, think yep. A yep.
0: lot of people have trouble with that because it's almost like, well, I'm supposed to be this, right? I think it's a. Yeah. Person, I'm supposed to have this mold, or I'm supposed, to, you know, or or someone's told me I'm supposed to be this way. You know what right. I mean? I have to fit this image. I got you. You know, well, I got a
1: way. I got a technique.
0: Oh, good. Let's, let's here, it.
1: here, it is. Let's start with this. What is the what that you do has is of the most service to the people you help? Like, what's okay. the most helpful thing? What's, What are you good at at helping people with? Right. Some people are really super, super detail oriented, and because because they're so detail oriented they don't miss a trick they're going to make sure that this is a flawless process whatever other strengths i may have or deficiencies i may have i'm really 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 super good at this so here's what you here's here's how i can help so let's say for example that was you the kind of messages then you're going to want to put out in the world as you would say you know when you're doing this kind of transaction lives and dies by the details which i happen to be really good at let me give you an example here are five things you probably didn't think about or that other people gloss over. Oh, it's such a tragedy when they, when they miss those things, you can screw up this paperwork for three weeks because of something like that. I'm good at that. Okay. That's one, you know, I'm really helpful with that. I'll make sure you don't have that problem. That's one kind of person. Another person could be, uh, that I really, really care about people and be, and that care means I'll fix every mistake. I'll try to anticipate anything happening. I will make it easy to deal with this developer or that bank because I I care so much. I'm going to be protective. Okay, well, how would you say such a thing? Well, there's nothing quite like communicating that you love it when your customers are satisfied and happy. So the stories are about like, I knew this couple, Janet and Ahmed, and they had only been married for a year and they were going to be into their first place. And they were a little spooked you know, as everybody is the first time, you know, because there's all, you have to sign all these things and and read all these things. But you know what? Um, It was the greatest pleasure of mine to make sure that everything they were worried about, I managed to fix and they were happy to look at them in their new home. I was, I was more happy than they were. I was more tickled in that, you know, and by the way, they invited me to, you know, a dinner in their house and they just were You know how there's a big difference between a house and a home? Well, they were home, and that really made me happy. Okay, so the story is about, it's communicating how you feel about your customers. And you may be thinking, yeah, but is that believable? Well, for people that care, it is.
0: Yeah, if you're making it up, no.
1: Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And people are...
0: Right. It's like, it's the people that like use dogs and their advertising and hate dogs or whatever. You're like, it's pretty right. evident. You do not it, love it. Right. Like, yeah,
1: there's a lot of people will send signals. They're not aware they're sending. Yeah. And, and so when we were talking about your voice, don't talk about stuff that you're not good at and just pretend, no, go to the stuff you're good at. Let's go back to the car example. Toyota for decades has made these bulletproof products, whatever you thought about the way they looked man, they wouldn't, Toyota would never break a promise, which is more than I could say for other brands. You can find sexy brands all day long. Right. (laughs) And, uh, Oh, Oh, go with God because you're, you're taking a risk. I didn't start out being a fan of Toyota. I didn't, but man, by the time I got to know them, really know them, knew their dealer body, knew their Japanese factory people, I went to a lot of, fiction. baby, I am a true believer. You cannot yank me. You couldn't crowbar me off that brand.
0: Which is, we all want, like when everything you is
1: irrational loyalty.
0: That's what we like all of us. Yeah. I want people to really feel like we all want like you've got to work with Marjorie because yeah, you're right. making a huge mistake if you don't. Right. Like right. that's that's what we want. And we demonstrate that. Yes. And in, in how we take care of them. It's I think the articulation. Right. So to me, the yeah. hardest part is it's less difficult with with our tribe, the people that know us and we work with. It's out there in the interweb. Right. When I don't, we're trying I don't... To bring people in, that's where it's harder.
1: I don't think people are fully conscious of how easily searchable they are. And what your content needs to be is the stuff that they stumble on. And it needs to be about the stuff. It needs to be talking about the, for your unique voice. It needs to be what gets you geeked out over what you do. What makes you so excited that you get silly talking about it. Yeah. And people love that kind. I happen to love nerds. Yeah. I love it guys. And I love when they get excited over something. So you would say, hey, Chris, should I get this or that? Oh, you want to get this? And and then you do this and you pull that out and you put this in. And then you get this accessory and make sure you get these plugins and so forth. It's like, go, go, Chris, go.
0: <laughs> Teach me, Chris. <laughs>
1: well, what happens then is, okay, I may have been ignorant 20 minutes ago, but I have the smartest person in that topic telling me what he's learned over long passion and experience. Now, all I have to do is say yes. And now I've done, I've picked what he would have picked and all is right with the world. I've just, I have advanced without having to do any research. I've turned to the person who's geeked out about the thing I'm concerned about. So your unique voice is what do you get excited about to the point where you are going to be silly talking about it. And then you go and you generate videos and articles and posts about, can I tell you what happened to me recently? And uh, you know, some people, some people are offense. Some people like to achieve stuff and other people are defense. They like to protect you from stuff. And which type are you? Are you on the offense? I think we could do this. And I think there's a great new opportunity and blah, blah, blah. And then there's the other person who says, slow your roll, cha-cha. Let's talk about the 14 ways you could die here. OK,
0: so me. I'm the I'm the let's go and my brother's the slow you roll. Right. So, OK, definitely. Yeah.
1: If you guys work together, then you are the perfect yeah. human and everybody should work with you well, because
0: I tell you said that.
1: Yeah, because it is it is the enthusiasm for new innovations and opportunities combined with a with a mature caution about all the things that can go wrong. You know, I've heard some brilliance. I did a lot of consulting with people that were pitching their new ideas for investors. So a lot of these pitches, and you look at these products and you go, this can't miss, this can't miss. But they did not sufficiently interrogate the things that could go wrong. And yeah. that's what they, and it wasn't that the idea was bad. It's that they, they reached the end of their cash because they didn't realize they were going to have to pay for this, or they didn't get the approval on this as fast as they might have. You know, therefore, a perfect, perfect person in the business is... I'm looking for the new technologies. I'm looking for the new opportunities, but I do so with a mature and protective caution. I, you know, crypto, really good example, NFTs. Everybody's talking about NFTs. I don't understand that what the hell's going on. And then one day I hear Charlie Munger go, I'm not going to get into anything that I cannot explain on a single, you know, in one sentence. I ain't going there. And I thought, I'm with you, Charlie. I, if I don't get it, I'm not in. Yeah. And it turns out that 99% of it was absolute snake I
0: like, oil. I like, if I don't get it, I'm not in. So I'm right. I'm taking so many notes. Like, well, let me, you're let me the, give you the most. Thank you're you. The, thank
1: you, Marjorie. Thank you for saying so. Let me do give all of your listeners and viewers. Let me give them one thing that is above all. Trust is, is what makes a brand last and trust is what makes a brand valuable. If I buy this product, or if I do business with this person or Chant, will they stand? Will they keep their promises? Will they show up when they say they're going to show up? Will they, will I get out of this basically with what they described I would? If you, if you can be trusted, people will find you for the very reason you said moments ago, which is you have to work with Marjorie. She's fantastic. Why, why do people get excited giving somebody else a recommendation? You tell me. Tell me why somebody would get excited recommending somebody to somebody else.
0: Uh, so for me, I am one of those people. Like, we could use my boots. This sounds ridiculous, oh, right?
1: Okay, no, that's perfect.
0: So here's my boots. Nice. They are Sorrel. I say Sorrel. It could be Sorrel. Oh. This is the example, right? Like... Right.
1: I love Sorrel's um, brand. I, Canadian, right? The Canadian?
0: So they, there's like... in. So people who can't see, this has like... It's a little bit of a high-heeled it's, internal boot. I kinda, thought they looked a little clunky. So I, I was in Ohio visiting Lucas. I went to go buy boots. I went to go... And I'm not trying to brand drop, but I was buying fries, see if they were on sale... I love fries, they're not that comfortable though, for being honest, but. So I go into the store and this, the owner, who is the salesperson's like, you have to try these boots. I was like, I don't know if I those are those, I don't really wear it, like an internal heel. I don't know, they're kind of bulky. He's like, you are gonna try these boots. And I was almost getting annoyed, right? And I was like, he's like, can I just please tell you, I have sold thousands of these boots. My clients love them. You will never find a more comfortable boot. And I'm gonna have you try this boot. I was almost annoyed, right? I was like, I just came here for some fries. Okay, fine. So now I own like four pairs of sorrels because they're the Uh most comfortable. I can't walk down the street. If I run into someone and they might even look at my boots, I'm like, hey, you know what? You got to buy these boots. Neil, you have to buy these boots. Or for any woman, you know, I can stand in them all day long. This guy told me about them and I thought he was just trying to sell me. I feel I must propel the world forward in the boots that make me this comfortable and i tell everybody about these boots i okay. tell everyone you know because this experience i had it has made my life better i got to tell you about it because you should not go buy these other boots cuz these these are life changing boots but
1: but i want you to unpack why you feel compelled what is it that you're getting out of that evangelizing the boots tell me tell me what why are you doing it
0: helping someone else with their yes. comfort in their boots so that's okay. i feel that i feel that i can you can stand all day too like i can in these boots
1: okay i what you're demonstrating in your passion to share these is what a good human you are <laughs> and uh, generally speaking sociopaths don't give a flying f about recommending anybody to anybody else <laughs> okay, but
0: so, so thank you so,
1: so you're yes we've established you're not a sociopath now but there is a on the bell curve of distribution most people the vast vast majority of people cannot wait to share their excitement about a piece of music they heard yeah. or or a um, a car that they really really love and what it what why i believe people get a kick out of helping other people is we are essentially a tribal species we survive better together than we do alone and for example the reason that people have stage fright generally speaking is that when you are alone in front of 50 pairs of eyes, unarmed, this is never a good thing in nature. Like there's never been a good time when
0: get a eaten. bunch
1: of hyenas looking at you and you don't have a sharp stick <laughs> and you have no friends. It's like, well, I'm done. <laughs> I can feel the endorphins getting me ready for being be- eaten. Okay. So the same is true in general, like puppies, they all sleep together in a big lump and people do the same thing. And we cluster together in restaurants and It's very reassuring to be in a restaurant and there's lots of noise and activity. It's very, it's good for the soul. That's why, you know, Starbucks, I always loved Starbucks. The sound of the coffee grinder and the steam and the other people talking. It was very reassuring. Do you feel safe in a Starbucks? Yes, I feel safe. It's warm. It smells good. And there are other people who are relaxed and enjoying each other's company. When you make a recommendation like that, you are being a human being. This is why I think it's so important that you communicate the stuff you're good at by having a lot of empathy for the people that will be benefited by it. Essentially, what you're saying is in, okay, whatever you're good at, like details and and protecting people from bad stuff happening. Essentially, you're saying, can I share with you how great these boots are? (laughs) You're going to love these. And It makes you feel good because you've paid into the 401k of the tribe. You feel like you've earned your place in the safety of the group. You feel good. And men in particular are super, super prone to this. When they've done somebody else a solid, they feel very good about themselves because they've earned the right to belong. Like when you find a man who can fix stuff and you say, I can't get this washer to stop dripping. I'm on it. Okay. Who do you think is having the best time walk away going? I have killed the bison. (laughs) I, I am a great hunter. I have fixed this light bulb. I love being handy. You, you show me a well-harnessed electrical, you know, box. And I go, that's a real man. So (laughs) What I'm getting at when it comes to your own personal branding is you have to be able to get geeky about what it is you do. And that goes to another point, Marjorie, which you and I agree on, which is the best brands make things fun.
0: Yeah.
1: It's fun to do business with them because they get excited. Now, let's talk about how Nike gets you excited. Nike wants you to believe that doing stuff is awesome. So they want to encourage you to get out there and do stuff. Now, let me give you an example of how they do that. That's, that's funny. And also, but let me give you one that's kind of touching and then one that's dead serious. So they want you to, they want you to get up and go do stuff. So they show you Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan is renowned the world over for his many, many championships as, and, and the, just the dozens of times when he scored the winning basket in the last second. But what do they write? What do they do a commercial about? They do it about the number of times he failed. They show you over and over while he tells you, I took this many shots that didn't go in. It was more than the ones that I made. I took this many shots and I threw it to the wrong guy and we got beaten and we didn't win every championship. We got beat over and over and over again. And this is Nike's way of saying even the great ones fail, even the greatest of the great, the, the Mount Rushmore Of sports and he's telling you the number of times I failed. why is he telling you that because everybody failed don't let that stop you don't let that stop you get up go don't even the great ones fail okay and then they do one where they are they're spoofing themselves. They've got, uh, oh, geez, I cannot remember. Spike Lee. Spike Lee is doing an ad about Michael Jordan where he's doing this and doing that. And he's all these great championships. And Spike Lee the whole time saying, must be the shoes. It's got to be the shoes. And we all know, no, it's not the shoes. That's being ridiculous. But the reason they're doing it is so that they can show you the shoes without saying, we think it's the shoes. In other words, Nike's being very self-effacing about this. We're saying, no. It's the greatness of someone who is both gifted and hardworking. And we are just along for the ride. We just happen to believe in this person. That's why we're here, because we believe. And then they do an ad that's for, uh, it shows nothing but a series of teen and preteen girls. And what they're doing is they're saying, if you let me play organized sports, the following things will not happen. The suicide rate on girls that play team sports is vastly lower. Than not the the business success of girls that play organized sports with one another is much better the, the academic success the likelihood of getting scholarship the the relationships with their families their the success of their siblings all the commercial is about is it is about the success of girls when you let them play organized team sports why would Nike do an ad like that because it's trying to encourage you to Get those girls out there and get them on a field. And you could you could be cynical and say, well, yeah, because then they sell more soccer shoes. No, that's not why they're doing it. I promise you that's not why they're doing it. It's because they believe those people at that company. I've met them. They believe they believe that those statistics are true. They want to help those young women. And as it happens, when you try to help people, it turns out they have an irrational loyalty to you. Yeah. They are attracted to you. So they, yeah.
0: So I think you said also like like the great brands, so we're using like the, they don't advertise your point too. They don't advertise their products, but they're not the hero in their stories. And I think yeah. us, that's a tough one. Cause we're the hero in our stories often. You Here's can, how. you can,
1: right. Yeah. Okay. You're putting your finger on, right. Yeah. You've got your finger on the fulcrum of these things. You can make yourself the hero of the story by not making yourself the hero of the story. Here's what I mean. Uh, I, I, uh, I had this experience a couple of years back in New York. I was on a city street and uh, people think of New Yorkers as really sort of hardcore and, and, and mean, like uh, abrupt and rude. My personal experience is no, 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 no. New Yorkers are such softies. When I first got to New York from LA, uh, every week somebody would be asking me for directions, sometimes three times a week. They would ask me for directions. And now I happen to know, but I wasn't a New York, And so people would say, you know, you New Yorkers are a lot friendlier than I would have thought. And I thought, well, I suppose I'm a New Yorker. Okay. And then about a year, a couple of years go by and I'm out and I start to notice, I start to notice nobody's asking me for directions anymore. And I'm thinking, oh, is it because I'm, is it because I'm, I look like a New Yorker, like, like I don't want to be approached. Oh, well, maybe I am a New Yorker. And then one day I'm on the street corner, middle of winter. I'm in a business suit guy next to me is all hip hopped out, you know, over here is a Hasidim, you know, so he's wearing the ringlets and he's got the thing. And I'm going, oh my God, it's such the perfect New York cross section, every gender, every, you know, every income level, every race, every religion, and we're all just sitting here. And in the second that I'm thinking that this little girl, three years old is walking down the street by herself. And I'm going, what? And, and I, look at her and I have this immediate secret service reaction, which is you gotta protect the president. And then I notice, you know, the way I put it was I was saying like muskoxen, all of us on the street corner at the same time acted like musk oxen protecting our young against wolves. And so the way I'm telling stories, as I looked up, you know, for wolves, it suddenly dawned on me that the entire sidewalk, easily a hundred people, had all galvanized in one instant moment to look for the child's mother and protect this child. So the mother comes up. What happened was the kid got away from her in the subway while she was trying to get a ticket. Okay, so the little girl goes up the stairs. So the mother comes racing out of the subway, terrified that the child has been abducted or victimized in some way. Now, when I see her come out, I'm thinking to myself, lady, that kid is safer on this city (laughs) street than anywhere else. Than anywhere else on earth. Because every single New Yorker I'm looking at is like, they would kill you or die in the attempt if you tried to harm this child. There is there isn't a single pair of eyeballs I'm looking at that has anything in mind except protecting that kid. That's how New Yorkers are yeah. right. That's New Yorkers to a T. And so after the mother walked off, I turned to the hip hop guy because I didn't want to leave. I was having I was feeling too good. And I looked at him and I could see it in his eyes. He was experiencing the same sort of gee. Now we're all just going to go our separate ways. Yeah. you know, like We're not going to celebrate this New Yorkness. And so he just reaches out. He gives me a fist bump. He didn't say anything. He just gives me a fist bump. And the epilogue I say to the story is, I went out that day and I bought a New York Yankees hat. And I hate the Yankees. <laughs> so now in that story, New York is the hero, not me. Yeah. But I get so much love from New Yorkers who are grateful to me. For having explained to people who don't get it, what New York is like. Not the
0: perception that we have of like.
1: Right. They, they the know, other, yeah. they know when people talk smack about New York, New Yorkers, man, I tell you, they just, they just bridle. They're like, you don't know. You're not from here. I doubt you've ever been here. And if you had, what did you do? You saw 42nd street, you moron. You know, <laughs> that's not New York. New York is the neighborhoods, man. New York is a city street where you can look around and there isn't a single person that bears your genetic footprint, man. It's all, it's all of us in this fantastic melting pot of ideas. And yeah, we're abrupt because we've seen it all. Come on, let's go. No, no, no. Look, don't talk to the barista. There's 15 people in this line. You can talk afterwards. I'll talk to you. But what I'm getting at is I wasn't the hero of that story. I was a witness to something that I thought was glorious. And what happens is people give you credit for something you don't deserve credit for. I wasn't the spirit of New York. All I'm saying is I admire the spirit of New York. And people just sent me so much love to say, God bless you. That's what the city's like. So when you are experiencing, when you're out there in the world and you're talking about, here are some things I think could help. Or here's what I've noticed, or here's what I get excited about, or, you know what, I'll bet you, you can afford more house than you think. Or, you know, there's a good reason why you might want, uh, not want to buy too much house and, and so on. If you're being helpful, people are going to give you credit for whatever that knowledge is. You didn't, you know, they're going to give you the credit.
0: So you talk a lot, what I love too, when we talked on this is really celebrating. So out on social media and when we're doing is celebrating other people, right? The people that we serve, but also the people that work with us, business being a team sport, which I agree with. Yeah, yeah. So what, what are some great examples of how can I best support... I mean, I have a lot of ideas on this, but like, I agree with you. It's like we need to support and celebrate yeah. our clients, but also our fellow, you know, people who get it done with us. How do? How do? What are great ways to do that?
1: Well, I'll give you an example that I experienced. That I, I love to tell this story about a dealer from Langhorne, Pennsylvania. He's a car dealer. sells Toyotas. He's a marvelous guy. Funny, my lord, he's funny. He jokes all damn day long. And you know how we're living in a day and age where people think that they, you know, they need to be super sensitive and. You can't tell jokes anymore. That's not true. You can be funny. I mean, come on, relax, relax. All right. Now he loves mechanics. He's a car dealer and he understands when people come in for service, the experience they have in service is going to determine whether or not they buy another car from you. Agreed. So now he could go out in the world and he could talk about how marvelous his service is. I suppose you might find some people who believe him, but you know, when a car dealer tells you it's, it's marvelous, I'm <laughs> maybe a little skeptical. What he did instead was he advertised a kind of love letter to mechanics. And he went and he said, um, I ha- I love mechanics. You know, being a good mechanic, that's tough. And it's hard work. and And it requires a lot of brain power. It's not just physical. And I happen to have the top 3% All of the mechanics in the state of Pennsylvania that work for me. And you know why they work for me? Because I treat them like princes. It's warm in the winter here and it's cool in the summer. You can eat off the floor and we only use snap-on tools. And I will give you those tools if you are with me for five years. Now You're the best mechanic you ever saw and you're in the top 3%. You call on this number. I want to talk to you. Okay, so a couple things happened. One was that people started going, Well, he really must have the best mechanics because he loves mechanics. Okay. It's not about me and it's not bragging about how good his service is. He's saying, I love good mechanics. I want good mechanics. If you're a great mechanic, come see me. I'll treat you like a prince. Okay. There was a footnote to the story that is mind blowing it's that the mechanics started wearing their, they started buying multiple shirts, you know, the shirts they wear when they're in the garage. And they bought, instead of having like three in rotation, one's in the laundry and the other one's in the closet and the, I'm wearing this one, they would buy like seven. And the service manager says, oh, they're just buying all these shirts. Oh, I wonder why. They were wearing them to dinner with their families so that their children would hear when people would come up and go, oh, you must be one of the best mechanics in the state of Pennsylvania. That's a glorious way to... To make the story, Jeez, I lost the plot there, Marjorie. What the hell was I talking about? <laughs>
0: celebrating other people we were talking about. Just
1: celebrating other people. There you go. I, exactly. So what happens is um, you become emblematic of somebody who respects somebody else's talent. And I think we all, we all like that when credit gets spread around. And uh, you've probably seen, you know, somebody will have like a, they'll have a sales quota. And they'll go on radio or TV and they'll say, we've got a sales quota. We have to sell such and such by such and such. So we're dealing. Oh, please. I'm, I am find that unbelievably self-absorbed. Really? You, all you really care about is making your target. So, and by the way, this guy's slogan that I was telling him about, his personal sort of mantra was, I'll lose a little money to make a friend. Because you're never going to lose money when you have friends. Yeah. And, you know, if he's made a friend, that guy's going to buy 11 cars from you.
0: Well, and... I mean, you think about it with cars, right? It's absolutely true. Like, you know, I we just got a car because my engine died. And before I left, the salesman sat in the car with me and he started showing me all the buttons because I'm sorry. I, there's a lot of buttons and I don't know what most of them do. And so I just don't touch a lot. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. You got to do this. And then you come, yeah, back yeah. you come back anytime. But today I'm going to show you this, this and this. And I was like, sweet, because I never would have known. And he was so excited about all the was buttons geeky. right he's so, geeky
1: about the buttons
0: but he also was the only one that had really cared enough to to say hey let me show you a few things just because i think that you know now i remember about 75 percent. i need to go back but he took the time and said you know he could just been like thanks for buying the car see you later and so he cared and so i'd send people of course there so when you think about this i mean that's what we all want we all want first if we're wrapping up one i agree with storytelling i just think that we're not all necessarily telling the right story if that makes sense right so what's the story we're telling what's our personality or people seeing it cuz i also think what you put out on social media like if i if i create a persona that's not me and i advertise oh, boy. that persona that's a big
1: mistake yeah that's a big mistake
0: and that's what i've attracted and then it's not good
1: yeah wow you're really i wish we had another half hour because we'll do it well because this is what people do in general in life they they try to live up to somebody else's expectations only winding up attracting the people that are going to this false face and then being unsatisfied that the person that they're that they've attracted isn't quite right for them and and the reason people do that is they don't think they're enough they don't they're not confident enough that who they is who they are is enough but anybody Anybody who is being sincere and trying to be helpful, like that's their brand. They're just trying to be helpful. That's enough. That's plenty. And I want to reinforce, trust is the most valuable of all of the qualities any business person can have because life is a team sport and you want to be a good teammate. You're going to draw other people to help you. They're going to have an irrational loyalty to you. If you demonstrate you can be trusted and it doesn't mean saying I can be trusted. It means demonstrating trustworthiness. And yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's for hey Neil, you can trust me. It, very can trust
1: you me. imagine your reaction when you hear I those words me. come out? Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. By the way, I have to use the bathroom. Where's the exit?
0: <laughs> but you know what I mean. I think that's the thing too. It's yeah. It's, so I want to talk as we're ending. You own your company is StoryFire, right? Which is super mm. exciting. You were just mentioning to me in January, so you're gonna you have this mod these course modules that people. Yeah. Can, participate in can you talk about that a little bit yes yeah, so essentially you don't help
1: tried to make bite size 30 years of experience in storytelling and messaging on behalf of brands what can brands what can big brands like a starbucks or like an apple or nike what can they teach us individually about our own brands and i distilled it down into 18 video modules and some exercises and it's going to be available in January. And if anybody wants to reach out and kind of get on the mailing list for the, the first launch, which will be at a deep discount so that I can get people's feedback, then they can email me at neilford at gmail.com. And I'll spell that because yes. Neil Ford is N E A L F O A R D at Gmail. Neil F O A R D Ford at Gmail. And it would, I, I'm a believer in this, this little course, it's tight enough to not wipe you out, but it's ours, you know, and it's, there's a lot of valuable stuff in there, much of the things that we've talked about today.
0: So you're going to go ahead and so I'm emailing you like virtually, but I'll email you too, because I want to get our team listening to this.
1: Yeah, Um, I think I'll send you a module today, Marjorie, I'll send you a couple of them. I
0: just think it's so important because I think that we, you know, we want to provide value. We want to, we want to, be interesting you know and 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 followable, right, but I think that we have to do that in a way that's genuine to us and that's relatable and important to others, right, so I think yeah. the content we're putting out is is important that it's something someone's excited about, right that you want someone that's going to want to learn more from you and be connected to you right I just it's a connection that I love i mean I love. Like, look, like this is the best thing that's come out of podcasting, right? Honestly, is being, having the honor of doing this, have the honor of you taking your time.
1: It is a gas, isn't Don't it? Me... Podcasting is tremendous for that reason because you know, we, now we know each other a little bit better and yeah. you know, we have a new friend in the business.
0: Yeah, well, I'm good. not, and I'm not gonna see you at Mastermind in January because you're gonna be in Texas, but yeah. maybe at Renee's for Amplify, right? In February or for the next Mastermind.
1: I'm not sure I want to, because what's gonna happen is we're gonna show up there. It's gonna be a compound. It's gonna be like the Kennedy compound. <laughs> and then i'm going to go i really am a complete failure
0: no but i'm afraid cuz you know you get you got to you got to do the stuff too sir right so it's like <laughs> you know i think it's good you think i'm really good at this and you go to a conference you're like i'm okay so i think but for everyone listening think about this as you're going into next year we're all working on our marketing plans we're going to call it so call it our storytelling plans but our providing value plans our connection plans right what is it that we can do that's going to benefit someone else? How can we bring someone else up? How can we celebrate other people? How can we teach a little more? How can we give it away and make people realize that we want to help them? We're here to help them. We want to connect with them. We want to bring joy to them. And like you do, because like I said, I got to sit there and listen to you. And, you know, I laughed my head off through it. You just, it's, you know, I I love to have fun. I want to connect with like-minded people. I want to learn and be entertained. I want to enjoy this time. And so I think that's something they need to focus on. And and please connect with Neil. Like I said, his videos are fantastic and you will just really enjoy the time and and getting to know you a little bit better. And I want to, again, appreciate and thank you for taking your time to be on Real Estate and Scripted and and talking with me today.
1: Marjorie, you're a good egg. (laughs) It's wonderful to meet you and to do this with you. And I hope we do it again.
0: We will. We'll get deeper into a little, some more tactics. We'll
1: get into the real arcana.
0: Yeah. yeah well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll start in your modules and then I'll know. Oh, perfect. What needs to know. Perfect. And then we'll connect again. But thank you again. All right. Cheers. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 40508, nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.